Welcome to Unapologetic, a podcast of Embrace Ministries, where we take a biblical approach to culture's difficult questions. Hey guys, welcome back to Unapologetic, a ministry of Embrace Ministries. Uh, maybe I should say a podcast of Embrace Ministries. That probably flows a little bit better. Yeah. We, we're glad you're listening in with us today. Uh, excited about our sponsor of the day. Our sponsor of the day is Pickle Dip. Your pickle, <laughs> <laughs> your pickle ain't perfect unless it's dipped. <laughs> that's how. That's how Greg checks his microphone. He says Pickle Dip. Pickle Dip. Pickle Dip. Pickle Dip. He has an echo effect too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we seriously though, we are glad that you guys are listening with us. We hope and pray that this has been a ministry to you and something that you can be encouraged by, but also informed by and share with others. So today is not newsworthy. Today is change my mind, and the topic of today is what Eli. Today's topic: change my mind. I can make it on my own. I am a Christian. I have Jesus, and that's all that I need. I don't need a community. I don't need accountability. Uh, I don't need any hypocrites telling me what to do and how to live. I can make it on my own. I got me and Jesus, and that's all I need. Amen. I say amen to one part of that. I don't need no hypocrites telling me how to live. <laughs> <laughs> I say amen to that. I got, I got Jesus part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, at one time there was a real popular movement that tried to discount itself from discipleship because they were evangelists basically leading ministry. And they were like, you got saved, you got the Holy Spirit in the Bible, what else you need, leave me alone. And so it really, really kind of said, don't, don't worry about the, the secondary part of following up with the things that we're talking about today, which is an aspect of discipleship. I think that a person who is saved and is a follower of Jesus will understand that Jesus chose to live within community, community of disciples. Now, that doesn't mean that there wasn't times to where he didn't find himself in a solitary place. Uh, not isolated, but in solitude. And he chose solitude for the purpose of seeking the Lord, hearing from the Lord, quieting his environment so that he could find peace in his prayer life. But Jesus chose to be among the crowds. He chose to be among the multitudes. He chose to be among the followers, and the, in particular the 12 disciples, even the three. He went to some special and specific places that he didn't go alone. He called James, John, and Peter to come along with him in the Garden of Gethsemane, in the Mount of Transfiguration, and so forth. So I think our ultimate example in anything we talk about is going to be Jesus, right? Right. So how, would you, how, would, how do we answer that question? I'm a Christian. I'm well, going to be alone. Well, I'm not talking about church necessarily. I'll go to church on Sunday morning, but I'm going to slip in and slip out. I don't really. I'm not. I don't care to get any kind of community or plug into life groups or. I don't. I don't care for any of that. I've got Jesus for that. I've got the Holy Spirit living in me, and He'll disciple me. He'll teach me. I don't really need all of the other stuff. Amen. You know, I, before you brought that up, Eli, that's what I was sitting here thinking about. You know, how many people do we have who are in church today who have this same mindset that you know I'm I, I'll go I'll go I'll go sit through a, I'll go sit through a service, but you know I, I don't need any of that other stuff. I don't need no missions. I don't need to, to plug in. I don't need uh, life groups. I, I don't need discipleship one on one or whatever discipleship program your church has. I I'm good. You know, and I think that that that's such a uh, 
hurtful or dangerous, rather, mindset to have. You know, it's so easy to get, uh, you know, 1 Corinthians 10, 12 uh, says, be careful if you think you stand, you know, lest you fall. You know, it's so easy to get that mindset. I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, being, you know, working with, with as much recovery as I do, you know, I don't know how many times we've had men who have come into recovery and gotten saved or at least claim that they have gotten saved, you know, in the first week, first month or whatever. And they go ahead. They say, well, I'm good now. And they go ahead and go. You know, I don't need the rest of it. That's all I needed was just to get saved. All I needed was was Jesus in my heart. I had a lady actually that uh, I was talking to called the church, uh, uh, an organization called the church um, day before yesterday. So today's Monday. Um, and had a lady who had relapsed and, and uh, was needing help. And I got her on the phone and I started talking about going to recovery and do that. Oh, I don't need all that. I've got Jesus. You know, I don't need everything else. I just need to stay sober. You know, I'm like, well, you, you need people around you. You need like-minded people around you. Yeah. Um, you know, when we get that mindset that we're good and we can do this on our own, and I've got a, a, a great story, a great illustration that goes along with this. Um, a few years ago, and y- y'all may have heard this before, guys. Uh, I've shared it with our recovery group. I think I've even shared it with the church before. But uh, there was a few years ago I went on vacation with my family to the, to the chimneys uh, up in the Smoky Mountains, the chimneys picnic area. And they have a beautiful um, mountain stream, you know, that's flowing down off the mountain. And all through this stream, there's big rocks that have fallen over time. And so uh, we went up there that morning. Uh, the whole family was going. My mom, my dad, my, my brother-in-law, sister, my nieces and nephews was all going. That morning, my mom was like, you better take some extra clothes. And I'm like, no, I don't need that. You know, I'm good. I, 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 don't, I don't fall in the water. You know, I, that's not me. I don't even get near the water. You know, this, this is not, yeah, this is not going to happen to me. And so I didn't take anything with me. And, you know, and, and usually I stay, you know, far back. But that, that particular day, my nieces and nephews were down there. And the, the way the, the stream is set up, you can just hop from rock to rock to rock and just go as far as you want to up this stream. And it seems like the further I was watching them and the further up they went, I was like, man, it looks really beautiful up there where they are. So, you know, I eased my way down to the water and, and I said, well, let me, let me try this, you know, and I started hopping from rock to rock and I started thinking, I am good. I am really, I am really good at this. You know, I can make this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm tough enough, man. I'm, I'm, I'm good enough. I'm, I'm everything I need right here. All wrapped up in one beautifully handsome, not very tall package. He lied to himself a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, but, at, you know, at the same time, my brother-in-law and my youngest niece are over on the side of this mountain stream. And he says, hey, bro, come on over here. There's a, a, a real good trail where we can walk up this trail and get to where they're at. I said, no, man, I've got this, you know? And so it's just that mindset of I'm good. I'm good enough. And so I'm, I'm hopping and I'm getting, the more I'm hopping, the more confidence I'm getting, the more uh, uh, I'm feeling like, you know, I can make this on my own. I don't need to get over there with them. I don't need to be up there with them. I've got this. And then I hop and about halfway through, like, you know, you kind of get slow motion in your mind. You know, like as I'm hopping, I'm going through the air and I look down and I'm like black moss. That's black moss. Just before my foot hits this rock, that's what goes through my mind, black moss. And the next thing that goes through my mind is, man, this water's cold. (laughs) 
you know, and I actually still have a scar on one of my legs where I hit a rock going down. But I, I mean, I had my cell phone in my pocket. My, the, the key, I was driving the car that day, so I had the keys in my pocket. I had everything because it wasn't going to happen to me, right? Because I'm good. Right. I, I'm tough enough. I'm, I'm strong enough. I'm, I'm confident in myself. And then I'm in, you know, underwater, which was about two feet deep. So. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, swallows me whole because I'm such a petite guy. <laughs> but, yeah. That's a great so, illustration, though. Yeah. Um, not heeding the warning of those around you. Mm-hmm. Not leaning on those close to you. Yeah. Accountability and community are key. Absolutely. And that's, you know, all the recovery work that we do here at Embrace, you know, that's one of the main things that we're, we're telling these men and women is it's accountability, accountability, accountability. You know, you've got to have people in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you're not going to make it without that. Uh, and and it's, a, it's a guaranteed fact. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, the, the scripture that I had today is Ezekiel chapter 33, and I'm, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but what it's talking about here is, is a, somebody being a watchman that, that you need to appoint a watchman, someone who will stand on a tower, who will, you know, and not necessarily on a tower in life, but someone who will watch for the dangers in life that you might not see. Eli and I were talking about this before we began to podcast about this watchman business, you know, and uh, it's saying that, you know, what a watchman's job is just to sound the trumpet when, when they see danger approaching. And so uh, the thing about it is, is, is I can't be on guard all day, every day. There's moments that I need to rest. And what Eli said to me is, hey, you can't see every direction either at the same time. Yeah. You know, and that's an absolute. Yeah. There's there's things that are going to come up on my blind side. Yeah. You know, and, and so that's where I need this Ezekiel 33 watchman in my life. Somebody that will, will point out to me the things because, uh, you know, a lot of times we have things that pop up in our lives that we don't see as dangerous until they take us out, <laughs> you know. And and sometimes we don't see it as dangerous because we want to ignore the fact that it is because we want something on the other side of that, right? Yeah. You know, we're willing to ignore the danger because of the drive of our, our desire to get what we want. Or we'll make those excuses, right? Like you said, it ain't going to happen to me. Right. And then just a few moments later, black moss, cold water. Yeah. Well, you know, everybody thinks... I think that's the title of the story, by the way. Black Moss, Coldwater. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I should write that. You should. (laughs) Yeah, write that book. (laughs) But, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people have that that mentality of thinking that they are the exception to the rule. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been doing this this recovery ministry, you know, uh, for almost 10 years now. Um, I've been doing, you know, just ministry in general for... Uh, a little over half of that, you know, mm-hmm. being a pastor and everything. And, and so it's not just recovery that this happens in. It's, it's just the Christian walk, you know, because when we're walking in this world as a Christian, uh, we are constantly under attack. That's right. You know, the enemy is not happy with us uh, living for Christ. He doesn't want us doing what's right. Um, and so there's going to be something. It's not a, a if or maybe. It's a, a when, mm-hmm. a definite yeah. There's going to be things coming against us in life. Uh, we have to be prepared, and sometimes uh, we get slack in our preparation, and that's when we have to have that accountability. We have to have that person in our life. Yeah, and, and accountability is such a, such a strange thing. I think some people, 
say they have accountability, but it's not real accountability because it's not personal enough. They're not transparent enough. They're not allowing people to speak into their lives. Maybe they get offended when somebody asks them something, usually which is a red flag saying that I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. But accountability is only as strong as the person's desire to have accountability yeah. in their life. Because when you start asking those difficult questions about um, some personal things, of course, always in confidentiality, that's the way it should be done. You know, you start asking some some serious questions. I'm going to answer those questions, but if I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing, there's going to be a kickback on the inside of me that says, I don't want to answer those questions. And so the next time I might avoid you a little bit, yeah. you know. But, yeah, accountability is has got to be a key part to the Christian life. Um, we we need to be accountable to one another. How can we be accountable to one another if we are that Christian that says, I got Jesus, I don't need hypocrites telling me what to do, so I'm going to slide into the worships and leave after that and not get plugged in anything else. You know, just thinking about that, what, what kind of person would say that? Uh, a prideful person. A person who thinks, you know, I'm good, just like just like you said at the beginning. That's the thing. I'm I'm okay. I, I've got Jesus. That's all I need. I'm I'm strong enough. I'm I'm good enough. Uh, you remember that old uh, Saturday Night Live thing that Stuart Smalley? I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. I'm not going to people like me. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah. it's not always good. That's that's not always enough. And so, um, you know, but that 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 mindset I think begins out of a spirit of pride. And we know the Bible says that pride goes before destruction and the Holy Spirit before a fall. Yeah. Uh, you know, think about this. You got the uh, a super strong weightlifter guy, you know. You're talking about me now. No, I'm not. No, absolutely not talking about you. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about somebody me? other than you. Okay. Um, you said super strong, so I thought maybe you was talking about me. <laughs> Yeah, well, you, you got that mindset. So maybe I am talking about you. <laughs> so this is about you then. You, right, he, he's overconfident. He thinks he's strong <laughs> enough. He thinks he's good enough. And so he works out by himself all the time. And Ooh, he's got 253. <laughs> he's working out. He's benching 315 to, to, to work. To, oh, that's not know, me. I'll curl that. Go uh, ahead. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but you, whatever you're working out with, you know, a large amount of weight, say it is somebody who can – that their workout amount, they're doing, you know, sets of eight, sets of 10, sets of 12 with 315 pounds. That's enough to kill somebody. Oh, if you ain't got a spotter. You know, right. You that, that's the spotting. thing. That's yeah. the thing. You think I'm strong enough. I've done this time and time again. And so you're in there and you're working out one day and all of a sudden you get a cramp. Mm. Mid push, you know, mid lift, you get a cramp and you don't have a spotter. You don't have somebody there with you. And 315 pounds is about to fall on your head. Mm -hmm. That's what we're talking about. Mm. That's a good illustration there. That's a good illustration. Let me, let me say this, though. So I'm the kind of guy who's tried this whole discipleship and accountability thing, and I've just decided that, that nobody that I have partnered with, whether in discipleship or accountability, has better answers for what's going on in my life than me. I've, I've got it more figured out than they do. So what's the point in me going to an accountability partner and, you know, or a discipleship partner asking somebody for advice if I've got better advice than they do? Hmm. What you got, bro? <laughs> Hit so, him hard. Hit him where it hurts. They're just, they're just not on my level. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Well, I, I mean, I think pride is obvious an yeah, issue there. Yeah, there's all kind but of pride the, in that statement. The, do what now? There's all kind of pride. All, all kind in of pride statement. in that statement. But but you remember what Paul said to the church at Corinth as well: uh, knowledge puffeth up. And so we're not talking about what you know or what you don't know. We're talking about how we, you perform with what you know. Mm-hmm. And so everybody is going to falter sometime or another. You've got to have brothers and sisters around you to help you whenever you don't see what your blind sides are, and you're going to fall. Though a just man falls. Seven times. That's right. He gets back up again. How? He doesn't do it on his own. He does it with help, right? The Lord helps him, obviously. But there is a influence around him that has to be there to help him. I think that sometimes a person with a biblical knowledge can get caught up in the area to where they say, who would I talk to? Who would I call out for? You know, what they, they ain't going to tell me nothing I don't already know. You know what I'm saying? And so that, that, that is a very, very dangerous place to live as a Christian. Because that does, whether it's physically creating isolation or not, it's creating a spiritual um, superiority there where there shouldn't be. Therefore, there's isolation just from that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You, you look at how the how the early church was formed. Acts chapter two, Acts chapter four. They continued every day in the same principles together. Acts chapter one. They were in the upper room together. Now, I know we're not talking about having church gatherings because we already discussed why is it important to go to church. That That's already a pre-podcast. That podcast is done. But just the idea of Christian community, not not just going to church together, not even just go, I'm, I'm slipping in, slipping out, I don't go to the life groups, not even just the life groups. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about involving yourself in the life of another Christian consistently. Mm-hmm. This is what I know about Andy. If I want to get back into a habit of cussing, I'm just going to hang around mm-hmm. people who cuss all the time. Yeah. If I want to get into the habit of talking dirty jokes, then hang around people who are going to do dirty jokes all the time. Now, it's not saying that I can't go around those people for the sake of ministry and reaching them and all that kind of stuff. But if, if that's my only influence, 1 Corinthians 15, 33, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good behavior. You've got to maintain that good company for accountability, but also to make sure that I'm living in a standard that I should be living in. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so some scripture that I've um, kind of clung to for a while, I'm, I'm the kind of person who's very introverted. Um, and so I, I don't really like, I don't, I don't like to go out and do social gatherings very often. Uh, and my wife can vouch for me on that. She's an extrovert. And so whenever we leave a social gathering, she's all fired up and ready to go to the next one. <laughs> and I'm like, I need a three-day nap right now. <laughs> and so I, I get exhausted from trying to reach out to others and form community and stuff. And so some scripture that I've had to kind of cling to is Proverbs 18, verse 1. It says, he who separates himself seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. Mm. And so I, I bring that back to my memory because... My mind doesn't form what Scripture is telling me. Scripture is supposed to shape my mind. It's supposed to renew my mind. And so I know that whenever I start to isolate myself, it's because I'm seeking my own desire. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear the input of other Christians. Mm-hmm. I want to hear my own input. Exactly. 
Yeah. And, and so, but this also bleeds in, I mean, we talked about community, we talked about accountability, we talked about not isolating, we talked about spiritual arrogance or knowledge that puffs up, but we, we didn't even touch on the valuable aspect of confession to brothers, right? Right. I mean, how, how confession brings us together and how, according to James chapter five, when we confess our faults one to another, there's where we're healed, you know, but a, a form or account of uh, a kind of accountability there to where when confession is made, okay, now I'm linking myself with my brother and he's going to help me because he knows my deficiency there, right? So, I mean, it's it's so important. There, there's, there's no way we can overemphasize the fact that Christians need community. No, you cannot do this on your own. You can try and you will fail. And, and when you fail, we didn't, Ecclesiastes chapter four. If there's two walking, you know, yeah. one falls in the hole, he has another one to help him out. And so you you need brothers and sisters in Christ, somebody who's got you back. Amen. So maybe you're a Christian out there and you're getting fed through Embrace Ministries podcast and that's the only thing you're doing. Quit being an idiot. Get around some good Christians and, and do the thing that you're supposed to be doing with Christians. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us today on Unapologetic, a podcast of Embrace Ministries. We hope we have answered some of culture's difficult questions using the Bible, God's Word. Please help us get the word out about this new podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to call us at 601-469-2680, or you can email us at embrace.church at yahoo.com.